The Open Nesters is a weekly podcast focusing on couples and individuals who are looking for new beginnings after their kids have left the nest. This week on the Open Nesters podcast, part two with Kenya and Carl Stevens. One of the major things that Kenya was focused on, I really supported her in doing this, and I saw the importance of it, was focusing on the freedom of women to express themselves sexually in the ways that they desire to without being judged by society, yeah. right? And so that was a big thing for us, was to really get through expanding our minds around sexuality. So we studied things like Tantra and sacred sexuality, and that really is what pushed us into the open arena, yeah. was me understanding as a man, like, hey, it's really important for Kenya to be able to express herself, you know, and be free and not be caged and not feel like she's gonna be judged by her having desires. So Tessa, this is uh, part two of uh, the interview with Carl and Kenya Stevens. Of Progressive Love Academy, which is so progressive. I mean, it really blew us away because it takes putting away your shame, blame, opt-outs, villaining, and victim, victiming into a system of love that you will really see some stretching boundaries in a very cool way. So let's hear it uh, from Kenya and Carl, and we'll talk about it afterwards. Wait, so I have a question about how you developed all this. Like, what's your background? I mean, this is rich stuff. Like, I love that you call it progressive love because I've never heard anything like it. So, so give us, like, how this came about. Like, just all these things how did it come out well i mean well, what as you go uh, yeah go ahead it's going no, well i was going to say that um you know my husband and i were um from age 21 we i mean we married when i was 21 he was 24 but for the first 10 years of our marriage we were cultivated um as priest in a spiritual community but wow. prior to that we went to howard university he has a master's degree i have a degree in psychology um, early childhood psychology. And so we not only did Western schools, but we'd spent 11 years being initiated. And then we started our company when I was 32. Mm -hmm. And it started out with the progressive love tenets, you know, no shame, no blame, no victims, no villains, no cop-outs, no dropouts. The purpose is growth and the benefit is love. So we started with five tenets as well as, you know, we wrote it. We just wrote so many systems and um, 12 books in all. And uh, we've been doing this for 20 years. So this is our expertise. And it has a spiritual basis, unlike psychology and modern therapy. So, so how did this happen? The quantum leap from being the church into pretty much the opposite? Well, it wasn't a church. We were um, initiated in African spiritual tradition, which is based on things like this. Every indigenous spiritual tradition is based on these types of principles. Yeah. How did you find them? I mean, African spiritual tradition, I, I, I would love to know that there's more of that in this country because or and indigenous people, I just spend time in Colombia and mm. the way that they honor the, the, the earth and the, the, the difference of connection is something else. So so where do you find that in the United States? I mean, where, how do people find communities like that? At Progressive yeah. Love Academy. <laughs> <laughs> My husband runs a mystery school online called Psalms, P-S-A-L-M-S. And that is where you get some of that core, rich spiritual guidance. And then Progressive Love Academy is more like, you know, the daytime information, mm. communication, relationships. 
but both both schools work together, brother and sister schools. So do you ever deal with monogamous couples that don't want poly, but they want these communication tenants? I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, historically, most of our clients have been monogamous. When we first started out, we were really focused on monogamous couples because that's what we were used to. As a matter of fact, you were asking about some of the background. You know, the reason why Ken and I developed these tools and did this work was because we were trying to make sure our marriage was solid. So we weren't like really focused on this from an open relating perspective. We were focused on, hey, how do we make sure that, you know, we're the best we can possibly be for our children? How, how can we make sure that we're going to survive and have a long-term committed relationship for the rest of our life? And we developed tools that kind of, you know, address the issues as they came up. Yes. And so we were really focused more on, on monogamous couples and just the institution of marriage. How can we make this work? How can we preserve families? So that's the foundation of it. And then we got more into you know, polyamory and open relating in terms of reaching out to others. But remember, you know, when we first started this, like I was saying in the beginning, there really was no poly movement, you know, like, for example, in the African-American community, Kenya and I were the ones who really sponsored and and kind of got this introduced into the community. Before that, the church had such a hold on, you know, the African-American community that you were, there's nobody really talking about, no Facebook groups, like no nothing happening. And now you see this, this huge you know, kind of uh, expansion, Yeah. Uh, talking about poly and open relating and alternative styles. And, and the last thing I'll say is, um, to answer your question earlier, one of the major things that Kenya was focused on, I really supported her in doing this, and I saw the importance of it, was focusing on the freedom of women to express themselves sexually in the ways that they desire to without being judged by society, yeah. right? And so that was a big thing for us, was to really get through expanding our minds around sexuality. So we study things like Tantra and sacred sexuality. And that really is what pushed us into the open arena yeah. was me understanding as a man, like, hey, it's really important for Kenya to be able to express herself, you know, and be free and not be caged and not feel like she's going to be judged by her having desires, you know, but I had to, to switch my mindset and really understand that because, you know, again, I was raised in this culture and I thought, you know, women didn't want other people, didn't have attraction and didn't have sec high sex drives and all that stuff is not true. It's based on the, what I call the culture of monogamy and we had to detox and relearn, you know, detox. Ourselves. Yeah. Basically detox from those beliefs, beliefs about, you know, women having a high body count means they're not, they can't be good wives or mothers. Like just really what I call toxic beliefs about, you know, who we are as human beings, which is stuff that's just not true. So we, our, our tools were based on, hey, how do we have sane relationships and yes. sane marriages? Sanity. And, and, <laughs> and stop divorces because we, we, we thought it was silly. Divorce. Yeah, we thought it was silly that, you know, you would break up a family because of children and cause financial yeah. hardship just because someone had attraction to somebody else and because you weren't able to be open and honest about your feelings. And again, to me, that's more of a monogamous cultural phenomenon that you can't talk to your partner without, without judgment. And do you that's think that some people just, just aren't able to, even if, I mean, we believe this, obviously we completely subscribe to this. And yet most of the friends in our lives, I would say have said, but I could never be anything but monogamous. I mean, how do they come out of that? How, how, how do you help how do you help couples stay with this communication as monogamous couples because they don't think they can do it? Or how do you help them break some of those boundaries that they've put up on for themselves to unlearn some of what they believe? Oh, we just let them vent about it, utilizing up level. 
the more you vent about, I can't do it. And my animal, you first that, you know, recognizing who's speaking. Mm-hmm. When I say, I just can't be Polly, who's speaking? Oh, is that your ego? Things you've learned or, or belief systems or matrices? Or is that your animal? I can't, I'm afraid. It's going to be, people are going to judge me. You know, so it can be your animal and your ego. But prior, they didn't know that that was who was speaking. They thought this was their inner God saying, you cannot do this. <laughs> Thou shalt not have pleasure, you know. And so identifying who's speaking helps us unravel most of the BS that is located in our, you know, atmosphere. So that's the first thing, allowing couples to vent those things, soothing their ego, and then moving them to processing up the ladder to the higher self. What does the higher self believe about a woman who has pleasure? Higher self has no likes or dislikes. Higher self thinks everything will grow me. Higher self says all is well, nothing is wrong. Higher self says nothing is against me. So learning who is speaking supports our couples in unraveling a lot of erroneous beliefs. And and how about the two of you? Like, how is how is your relationship changed in exploring new sides of your of all of the of your love of the way you love of of your of all the different nine levels as well as your erotic blueprints or however you you relate or you allow others to relate? How has that evolved over the years? I mean, for us, I mean, I would say that you know, I had, we both had a lot of ideas about how we're supposed to show up for each other in marriage. And I think that over time, you know, we were able to understand and, and, you know, like what our actual connection is and begin to discuss that and talk about that and nurture the foundation of why we're together uh, without really having to, you know, be obligated to show up in ways that are not conducive to who we are. We do nothing obligatory and nor do our couples. We don't believe in obligatory anything. So once you know which love expression you're working with, you can stay within the parameters there and we help them set up contracts with that keeps them within those parameters. Otherwise, I'm going to try to draw everything from him. Well, I'm not having the sex life I want. Give it to me. You're my husband. You owe me sex. Well, I don't have the money. People aren't pampering me. Pamper me. You're my husband. You owe me financial pampering. Mm-hmm. Or I don't have, you know, and that's not going to work. That do- it has not worked. Look at, look around. You understand? We cannot give each other everything, period. And that's one of the hardest things that my couples go through is figuring out, okay, we got to narrow it down and then become experts in what we actually are naturally. What, when, I, when you put your element with my element, what chemical combination do we make? And let's enjoy that and that alone. So, yeah. So tell us about your chemical combination. And then, I mean, if you don't mind sharing your own, because that's what I'm very curious about, because I think we're it's a great example. <laughs> yeah, soul. we're more soul, we're love, soul expression love with each expression. other. So, yeah. you know, that's why our, our missions are intertwined. And we've supported that from pretty much day one. And also, you know, the crown, love expression, like we're interested in, in our spiritual growth yeah. within our relationship and within, you know, what we're doing from a business perspective as well. So that tends to be what we really, uh, when we analyze our relationship and our connection, those are the primary love expressions that we see. Soul then, love is, then, un- I'm go sorry, go, go ahead. Soul Kenya. love is unconditional. So we have this unconditional love. Soul love is not really about sex. So our marriage is not about our sex life at all. And then we have our crown portion, which is more tantric sensuality and more about our spiritual growth. So that's all our relationship is about. 
everything else we get somewhere else and do the two of you have different styles of your own sexual needs that you find elsewhere i guess is what i'm also asking yes. Yeah. So can yes. you give us some examples of that or you, or you don't like to talk about your own? I mean, so, you know, you're. Oh, well, I like womb choice. You know, I like womb connections. I like primal sexuality. You know, I'm like a really primal in my animal type of female. You know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> so I, I seek a lot of womb choice connections, younger men, um, um, BDSM. I really enjoy subbing. And so that type of primality is me. Mm. Um, my husband likes to be worshipped. He likes the um, support and devotee, devotional love, people bringing him food or people, you know, you know, he's like dominant. And so he finds his sexual connections in that type of thing with his other partners mm. and me with my other partners. And do you all have like um, good communication with the metamors? I mean, obviously, you guys are the highest communication. So I'm curious how, how many of them are intimately involved in your lives with a metamor is the is the partner of the other partner if you're listening and you don't know in polyamory so how does that work for you guys are they different levels of how involved they are in your lives as a family or in your lives together well my other husband lives with us and i've been married to him for 10 years and his other wife lives close by two buildings down the street and he's been married for two years mm -hmm. so we both officiated one another's wedding when he got married, I officiated the wedding. When when I got married, he officiated the wedding. And so, so why <laughs> we're do very you... advanced. We're very, very wow. advanced. Talk about progressive. Yeah. Wow. But, but why do you feel that you have to have that uh, marriage bond uh, entitled that uh, husband, wife into the relationship? I mean, you know, it's enough that he lives with you and he is your partner and for, for sex and love and the other one lives very close by. Why do you have to have that bond and you know, put that ring on to what, why was that necessary? I mean, for me, it's not necessary. You know, I, I um, I've always historically had a number of partners um, just with this particular situation, you know, it got to a point where I felt like I wanted to make it a more formal connection. Uh, but I, I don't feel marriage is required. I don't feel long-term, you know, titles and things like that are required. What I feel is most important is how people show up on a daily basis you know, so how did you show up for me today? How did I, how did I show up for you today? That's what I really focus on. Uh, and also variety of experience, me being authentic and being organic, you know, like all those love expressions, I like to experience them all. Um, so that's what's most important for me. I, I'm not into, you know, mandatory, like you said, marriage or, or rings or titles, like that's not required for me. And Kevia, why did you feel that you needed to actually officiate, you know, being or married? Be married. Well, yes. that's required for me. He's circular. I'm hierarchical. So I like, I have lots of boyfriends like all over the world, like <laughs> a lot of partners. And I like for the ones who have risen to a certain level with me to receive the title of husband. It's just what I like. I like to have them lifted out of the hierarchy into, you know, Got you it. know, my partner, like I am the queen, you in my queendom, you my king. you know, I like those titles. But um, my husband is not into that at all. Okay. So. so circular versus hierarchical. That's so interesting because usually they we 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 see that as feminine masculine, but it's so it's so important for us to also realize that 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 the, those 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 dimensions that we've divided a little bit too much of is is not just feminine masculine. It's circular linear, and I love that you put it that way. I mean, right? But I'm more masculine. That's so. what I right. My husband has um, done the nine archetypes, which is another system we teach our clients 
to help them understand their personality. And in, even in indigenous culture, there's no gender in, in the way that there's man and woman here. We believe that there's nine quote unquote energetics or clans that you can be born into. I just happen to be born into a double warrior clan. So that's a super double masculine piece. So that's how my mind and my spirit operate. And um, yeah, so, I mean, I think your archetypes are more in the feminine. Well, yeah, I have uh, one masculine dominant archetype and I have uh, one feminine neutral and one androgynous dominant. Mm -hmm. So I've got two dominants uh, in my chart, one masculine and one feminine. Yeah. So I don't have any feminines, but I have an androgynous and two masculines. So yes, I'm going to be hierarchical and that's okay. You know, my animal, that's my ego, my higher self, not hierarchical. My higher self doesn't care. My higher self, but I know who's speaking when I say I want hierarchy and it's my ego speaking. It seemed that you're pretty, I mean, I, I'm uh, amazed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all in the authenticity that you present and your, your authenticity is really shining through oh. uh, and it really is because uh you 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 walk the walk and talk the talk and that's that is a real profound and refreshing to see i'm curious about some other thing uh and it's a totally different direction your your, your life have been looks to me like a progressive to where you are today obviously but there, was there any change when your kids actually left the house where you said, aha, now it's our time. And what is it that you're able to do today after the kids have left that you couldn't have to do before? <laughs> no, is there such a thing? Or is, is there a, a point where, you know, uh, the kids left that created an opening for yourself? You know, for me, uh, I think our answers are different. For me, no. <laughs> so I basically... I don't believe, like my philosophy personally is to live your authentic life. So even when you're with your children and they're in the house and you're the primary caregiver, I really believe you should live your authentic life. I don't believe in, in sacrificing what you really want to do consistently uh, just for the sake of the kids or just for the sake of how it looks. Um, and the, my reasoning behind that is I feel like, you know, your children can learn a lot from their parents by seeing them live authentically uh, pursue their their passion, pursue their bliss kind of thing. And so I was really more focused in that direction. So I kind of started, you know, probably like four years before we became official empty nesters, like really kind of just like living my life and, and not being so connected to, again, the obligatory, this is how it has to look from a family and, and me, you know, suppressing myself. And, and you, Kenya? That, that burned me up because... You know, aside from the African astrology, I'm a cancer and cancer women, you know, we're very family oriented. So I was like, but that's why I got another husband. I had to get a house husband, you know, <laughs> because I wanted, I, and because, but that's how he is my, you know, that crown choice for me, because he teaches me this. He taught me to live authentically, even though, you know, when we say growth in a relationship, that stuff is about the conflicts, the pain, because it course. was painful to me for him to be so free. But that was my potential. I could be so free. Right. And so even though these were hard lessons and I'm like, you know, I grew. So, yeah, I, I started um, I started once they left, you know, primarily, but he started way before that. And he taught me how to be free. Oh, wow. 
So I actually wanted to go back to the sexual question because we moved into kids, but I was still on no, the topic I, I of just, the bisexuality, about. like bisexuality, how, how, and the not, and, and gender roles you were talking about, like that idea of, of, I mean, how do you see that in, in this scope? And do you work with couples that are, and do you have other lovers that are of the same sexes? That's what I wanted to ask. I am not personally bisexual. So I'm, I'm a heterosexual male. So I only have partners who are women. Um, and I'm not really, you know, people tend to look at us or look at me and say, oh, these guys are probably like really out there and doing like a lot of freaky things. Like I'm very conservative when it comes to sex. Like I'm really only into one-on-one -on -one connections and, you know, kind of cuddle up in the bed. And she has a big smile. I don't know if you see so, it. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of plain Jane. There's nothing, there's no real excitement in terms of, of my sexuality and how, how I express it other than being into Tantra, being into energy work. So I do bring that into my relationships and my sexual connections. Oh yeah. He's the number one Tantra practitioner on the planet. Um, but wow. you know, yes, he is very vanilla. I am not so vanilla. I have sensuality with women, but not sexuality. And I just really love men. Like, I just love everything a man is. Like, a man just wants to please a woman. A man just wants, this is a man's primary goal in life to, like, if you really know a man, you know that this is a beautiful creature. So I love men. <laughs> and how, how about the, how about the roles that we're seeing now that, I, that as you said, there's, there wasn't just male and female and there's so much non-binary. How, how do you feel? How do you approach those kind of couples or poly couples? If you've worked with those, I wanted to ask you. Oh, just like humans. I mean, we just find out what it is that they want to express or what they are expressing, which of the archetypes nine, we have everything so ordered that they say, Oh my gosh, yes, I am a warrior and a monk and a lover or whatever. And then they play those participates participating aspects in their life in the life of their partnerships. Um, we don't see it as such a big deal, like them, they, she, her. We don't, th th that's the surface of it. We get down to the depth of it. At the depth of it, we are all gods, every one of us, and we are all one. And so you go from there to get to where you want to go. You don't go from they, them, she, her to get to where you want to go. That right. It's not the beginning. So we just treat everyone as humans. Mm -hmm. It's just on the surface. That's so beautiful. So we can, you know, looking at our, at, our at, at, at the core of who we are by going deeper and deeper and deeper. So I've learned so much just from this little conversation. Can wow. you imagine how much more you guys teach with coaching and, and your coaches and your books? So is there anything else left unsaid that you feel like either you well, want to ask or maybe they want to finish? No, I mean, I, I feel that, you know, we have a lot to learn. Obviously, I mean, we, we have been open uh, 12 years, 13 years, something like that. Uh, but we, we, we are learning. We also, it's a learning process for us as well. Over the years, we have learned how to know ourselves and how to support each other endeavors. And we're really trying to. I mean, it's a, um, it's a process. It's a, it's a, it's a never-ending journey to go through that. And to seeing you that uh, living the authentic life that you want into and in enjoying it and getting pleasure from the work that you do and you're passionate about everything that you speak about it just really inspiring and refreshing to see so um, there's a lot to an learn example from you. to your adult kids we're all open nesters yeah. and how beautiful that there are children right. that are growing up with that i mean is there something else that you'd like to say as a 
you know, take away for someone who is now at the stage of life that they right. are just becoming open nesters, like any, any tips that you can get, give them other than obviously, you know, reading some books and your books and reading to understand more for themselves, but are, would there anything that you'd like to say that's left unsaid? Yeah. I mean, I would say just try to get in contact with, you know, your authentic self, your, your child self, and maybe give yourself permission to explore some things that maybe you felt like, you know, as an adult, you shouldn't have explored or, or didn't explore or suppressed. So, you know, it's a great opportunity to be an open nester, uh, to have a certain level of freedom you didn't have before, to just go out and explore and, and, and do things you've always wanted to do and, and find out uh, who you really are. And now's the time, you know, uh, I, I let my clients know, even though they're in, you know, even latter stages of their life, like you still have, you know, decades in front of you, and you can live yeah. a completely you know, fulfilling and, um, you know, authentic life from this point forward, if you just give yourself permission to do that. And how do people reach you? Tell us. Sure, they can get um, free up-level workbook at uplevel.com, U-P-L-V-L. Um, I also have a podcast called The Benefit is Love. They can find that on everywhere um, podcasts are. And they can follow us on Instagram, Progressive Love Academy, Psalms, um, I shouldn't say something, just Progressive Love Academy, and you'll see all of our other stuff there. And uh, yeah, coach with us. We, My passion is taking couples one-on-one -on -one through the 12-week journey, and um, they come out different humans on the other side. We divorce-proof your marriage, and we take you- Divorce-proof your marriage. Absolutely. We have a divorce-proof marriage club of lots of divorce-proof marriages. <laughs> and uh, we take you to the other side of this Western concept into- the self-awareness that Tessa spoke about. Incredible. Well, thank you so, so much for being with us this evening. This was really a deep joy. Yeah, thanks for having writing. us on. For inviting thank us. you. And hang around. We'll talk a little bit more. All oh, right. Please do. Thank you. Take care. Have a good night. Tessa, I was surprised to learn that Actually, once the kids have left the nest, uh, nothing really have changed for uh, Kenya and Carl. Did you notice that we, she talked about? Well, it, it seems like uh, they had different responses. So it's not, I don't know that it was about change. It was more about noticing how the two of them operate differently in their response to it. So she was, she was saying she's a real home person. And when she brought in a new husband to be a home person with her, I think the response was just different. He had already prepared himself for that. And they have they had many systems uh, to um, that they put together in order to get closer to what they needed to do. And we I just remember that we have created system uh, for our kids. Remember that when we did the reward system for them for responsibility and earning. Uh, we had a trip uh, planned to Orlando, and they had to earn it. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, that was when they were little. But and, just just reminding. And me he, that. and he it's true. He he was talking about how. They set an example with the kids that they were just going to be themselves, and I, that that is what I think is the most e e extraordinary and really exemplary that we can learn from about detoxing from a culture that hasn't worked from us. And I'm not just saying anti-monogamy. I'm saying the fact that women can't be sexually active, they can't be good mo wives and mothers. To ever model that for daughters is such would be such a, a waste. And instead. They empowered each other to just go for who they were as they developed to be examples for other kids, which is one of the things we really talk about in the Open Nesters, how to 
prepare for this time by really stepping into our authentic selves so our kids can look at us rather and, than as being... We're and not and their, it's not easy. To, we're not their martyrs. We're, we need to be their models. Right. And it's not easy to live authentic lives. There's so many judgment. There's so many people that are envy uh, in, in a certain lifestyle or whether it is uh, whatever it is. And it's not easy to live an authentic life. So simply uh, seeing a couple that can live authentic life is is uh, refreshing. It's beautiful. And they are out there and they're teaching it, the communication aspect of it. And, you know, for us, uh, in an open relationship, open marriage, it's even seemed progressive. And they are progressive and their love is progressive. But everybody in an open relationship or open marriage is somewhere on that scale. I guess, you know, you can be uh, just dabbling and, uh, as they say, tipping your toes. I always hate, hate that phrase, but <laughs> I'm using it myself. Uh, to uh, go from, uh, you know, monogamy to monogamish to open relationship to open marriage, etc. So you mean walking on tiptoes? Is that what you meant before? No, dipping your toes in dipping the water. Dipping your toes. In the water. Yeah, <laughs> and some people do it very gently, and, and they go right at it at how to first communicate, up-level communication. So I love the fact that this idea of conscious communication shows that we have to shift how we show up for each other in an evolving way. And agreements will continuously change, which is so realistic in life, instead of expecting one thing. The negotiation is certainly part of the entire communication. I mean, we are now experiencing some negotiation of, of trying to set our dates on the same day, so we have some more time for ourselves and not spend two nights a week dating others. So that that is a negotiation type of a deal. That's take some arrangements, some effort with our partners and between ourselves, right? Right, and to continue to really show each other that we're showing up for each other is, I think, in new ways, is the continuous. And some really don't want to <laughs> put the efforts in. And then there is uh, the problem in communication and time. And then uh, relationships uh, start getting difficult. And then they're blaming it on the open relationship. So communication, negotiating, and timing, and scheduling is essential. And I think that having somebody live in your house as a second husband uh, it's different than what, what we do, but uh, we still require those uh, timing negotiation and setting up schedule. Yeah, hopefully we're uh, we're going to have an extra little bedroom extension to our house because we're looking at an RV for traveling <laughs> purposes. And we're like, oh, well, if our son's home, then at least we have somewhere else to have a partner. Like, it's very funny how we're just like little things uh, come into our lives and we're let's, like, oh. Let's not get ahead of ourselves no, here. No, let's not. But, you know, if we get it, uh, if we, which is still a big question mark, we will tell you all about it. But meanwhile, uh, we're not. But look, you have listened to somebody that is very progressive in their open relationship. They're out there. They live an authentic life. And the book, the communication book, Up Level Communication, is extremely, extremely helpful for me and for Tessa as we read it. Absolutely. So I highly recommend that. Yes, so get in touch with them if you want the extra coaching. And if you're interested in, in opening your relationship, this couple is is on fire. I haven't seen too many couples working together the way they do. So kudos, to you. kudos to you guys, yeah. Carl and Kenya. Thank you. And uh, if you like what you hear, you can visit our website, theopennesters.com, the double N in the middle and S at the end. We'd love to hear from you and hear recommendation of topics that you may want to be uh, listening to. 
and we're right here for you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing because that's how we really are growing our community. And we've honestly, our, we have more and more listeners every week. And we thank you for that. We are def- definitely growing our social media. I'm trying to get more videos up. And so I'll be on TikTok soon. So Whoa, please try to follow us. Be, it's going to be Tessa. T- you're going to be on TikTok. Tessa the Open Nesters. You can go to TikTok soon, but I'm not up there yet. And then I've you know, Instagram's growing. And we have some incredible women coming up to hear from as well as a lot of a lot of an, a, a new friendship series on relationships and platonic friendships, which will really I'm, blow I'm your really, socks I'm off. Re- I'm really <laughs> blow your socks off. Where did you come up with? I haven't heard that phrase for a long time. But the friendship series, I've I've listening, I've listened to your excitement about the interviews that you've had with some friends, and how you're coming up with some statistics and information. Those the, those interviews. And the whole topic of friendship is going to be an incredible, incredible. And don't forget, you know, men are really not that easily befriending others. And we are really lacking in obtaining friends and maintaining friends. I mean, I know that I do not want to generalize, but I know myself, I had always difficult and I never put too much emphasis on male friends for myself. So stay tuned for that series that's coming up in January because we're going to speak about and talk about male friendship and platonic relationship etc etc so well bringing it up back to the open nesters of what kenny and carl talked about some of the reasons that men don't do that is because of that ego they can't bury so they can't show their emotions to their friends and their men and that's what i see you changing in that way so these are all ways that we can all grow and evolve at the openness stage and we welcome you to send us any ideas for stories or people that are doing some wonderful things and growing and evolving in all kinds of ways we always take suggestions and please comments on our closed Facebook page as well. So all of that, you are welcome to email me, Tessa, at The Open Nesters, for anything you'd like to talk about. And the importance of friendships in this stage of The Open Nest. So till next time, this is Amir. And this is Tessa. And we will see you on the next episode. Ciao. have been listening to the Open Nesters podcast, a production of Kiwi Publishing and Media. Executive producer, Tessa Crone. Music by Yoni Avi Patat. Audio engineering by Lucid Sound. Web design and blogs, PJ Ewing. This podcast is available on all podcast platforms. To learn more about each episode and guest, please visit us at theopennesters.com. For questions or to be a guest on our podcast, email tessa at theopennesters.com.